This is the hottest place, 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 place for big, big, big name interviews in Vancouver with Ryan Hayes and Big, big Mike. When did you start skating? I started skating um, at a very young age. My dad was playing hockey and my brother was also playing hockey. So um, I think I was two and a half the first winter when I had skates put on my feet. And um, there was those little bob skates, so I wasn't very good. But then I started taking uh, can skate when I was five. And that's what the Learn to Skate program. And did you play any other sports growing up? I did. Um, it was really important. For my family, I think that I was, um, I tried many different things and I also enjoyed many different things. I was in gymnastics and I also played soccer and softball. Um, I didn't have time for the school sports because they were always right after school and that's when I skated. So, um, but I was really into gymnastics and then at the age of seven, actually seven, eight, I had to decide which one I wanted to do because they both wanted me competitively. But then I could still play soccer or softball in the summer, so that was really fun. That's awesome. 2002 champion, yeah, Salt Lake City. Jump right into that. What kind of scoring scandal happened? <laughs> okay, well, uh, basically we were involved in um, a very interesting situation. It's not unique to skating, unfortunately. Um, we've had it before where judges have um been swapping and uh collectively of trying to put a skater um in a specific position um so we call that cheating um we've had it happen before in our sport and so at the in the olympic at the olympic level it was it was magnified and it was because it was also in the united states it became even a bigger story um <laughs> and so what happened was um in the Paris event, the, they, um, they didn't have the judging, I don't know how to explain this properly, but basically that was a swap. They wanted the Russians to win the Paris event and they wanted the French ice dance team to win the ice dance event. So they did whatever they could in both, on both panels to make sure that there were enough judges to vote for the Russians in the Paris and the French in the ice dance. So, yeah, and we didn't really find out about the whole scandal until, you know, months later, even, even almost a year later, we were hearing so many more details to it. But, um, you know, we, we realized when we had skated a great performance and we knew that we had skated better than the Russians that night. So when we got the marks, we knew something wasn't right, but we didn't know what. And it was right after the medal ceremony when we were skating around the ice, um, the French CBC commentators came down and told David in his ear, they said, there's a scandal. It was out like super fast. And then by the next day, it was already being talked about. So. They revamped the scoring after that, yeah. right? They did. And you know what? It was um, a really good idea because the, the system that they've created now for skating is, is nice because um, the elements that you're doing now can be quantified. It's, it's, it can be, it's way less bias. Um, there's a separate collar they call it a collar. It's a, it's a person that sits there and actually quantifies the elements. And then what the judges do is they give it plus or minuses. So they can still sort of play with it a bit, but it's really much more difficult for them to cheat um, like they have in the past. Pretty sad that cheating happens in sports. 
Well, you know what? Hey, in, in track and field, in cycling, you got drugs and you got all these other issues in other sports, right? And so um, it is what it is. It's Everybody wants to win, so they cheat to win. Well, except... Except for Canadians. I was going to say Canadians, you know, it's interesting too because um, people ask me about drug testing. I said, I was drug tested, I think, three times the Olympic year and it's random. I don't know what the rest of the world is doing, but um, yeah, no, we had no no desire to even, we weren't even drinking uh, protein shakes that whole year leading up to the Olympics because we, we were told that even protein powder can have some stuff in it that, you know, would show up as a positive substance. I'm like, geez, so we were clean. Like, we didn't want to mess around. We didn't want that I, reputation. Definitely back then, they didn't have rules that they have protein shakes nowadays. At yeah. least now they, they at least try to, narrow out bad stuff yeah exactly what was it like being so young in Lillehammer 94 Ooh, yeah that was a good one um you know what it was fun I was just a little youngster and we had no pressure uh, I was with my first partner and we were the third Canadian team to be to be in in Lillehammer and um I don't know it was a great experience I'm glad that I had that first experience without the pressure of going for gold or going for the podium and um, I just remember one thing I got, I went there and I'm like, I don't know, day two or three, I pull out my homework <laughs> and uh, the veterans were basically saying to me, like, put that away. You know, you're not going to do one second of homework here. You're getting enough education. So I went, oh, okay. So I learned a lot. I, I was like, all right, so let's, let's enjoy this, take it all in and have, and have fun with it. So it was a great experience. Am I mistaken, or was that also the Nancy Kerrigan yes. year? Yes, you're not mistaken. That was the Nancy Kerrigan incident and Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Yeah, drama. Whew, it was fun. <laughs> Do you ever see any of that stuff back behind the scenes? Did you, like, see any of this going on? Or? No, because we're Canadian, so we didn't. I saw it, and I saw them come in the dressing room because um, they were practicing. The women were practicing right before the pairs one day and so nancy and tanya came in the dressing room and i can tell you what you could cut the tension with a knife like it was it was intense but tanya had like nobody with her and nancy had a an entourage with her it was it was crazy i don't even know how they were able to focus on their job because it was so distracting like there were cameras everywhere yeah describe the feeling of uh winning like one of canada's biggest achievements the 2001 lou marsh trophy I never get asked about that. Thank you for mentioning that. I, I don't know. <laughs> What's in those mugs, first of all? Don't tell hey, me. We got, I got neutrals in here. Okay. <laughs> I just a guy Pepsi. Oh, okay. Um, so that was a very special award. We had a great year in general. I mean, it was award after award. We were so honored. It was like overwhelming for us to, um, you know, come home and receive we uh, I have a great story to share with you too but just received you know the athlete of the year award and we were in the cover of so many different incredible magazines like time and newsweek um rosie o'donnell back then had her talk show she was talking about us jay leno had us on his show like we had all these really cool experiences and of course canada honoring us with that and then being later being inducted into the hall of fame i mean it's it's a dream come true is also right beyond even your your results it's uh it's a great honor and um so the biggest i want to share with your listeners is the biggest honor that we got was um there was a group from calgary that decided that it wasn't okay along with many canadians 
uh, after our loan program skate that um, we had a silver medal. So what they decided to do was collect gold from Canadian citizens uh, from the whole around the whole country and make us gold medals. So when David and I got home from Salt Lake, we had a homecoming show and they said, well, we'd like to present these to you. And we thought that was a great time. So they drove up and they gave us these boxes and we opened it up and it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. There was these solid gold medals engraved uh, with this beautiful message in French and English on the back. And then um, on the front was a, a picture of David and I skating together. It was just very emotional. And I thought, well, this just completely is exemplifies Canadians and the pride that we have in our, our, our athletes and our people and when people do great things. And I was just, you know, we've all, we always say we're proud to be Canadian because we're super humble people. Everybody likes us when we travel around the world. But I have to say that just elevated my pride like tenfold. It was just incredible. And I just, I, I, you would never see this with any, any other country. Like it just, I've never heard of it before. That's for sure. I, I was one, when I travel around the world, I like, I want to get a Canada tattoo so that you are yeah. showing that you're, that you're not American or you're not one of these other countries that are looked down upon to the rest of the world. Well, Canadians are really loved. I think in general, when we, when we've traveled, we have a reputation for being kind and, and we're always friendly with people. So it's really nice when, um, I remember traveling as a, as a young athlete and a lot of other, you'd see other um, countries in the airport so they would always want to come hang with us because they knew that they were like safe with the Canadians you know and everybody was going to be good to us so yeah we, we, we found that out very early well we always watch the opening ceremonies and stuff with Olympics but uh, what's it like actually being there being in it Whew. you know those are always hard questions to answer because um, you can only imagine that um, you know, like you said, when you're sitting back and you're actually watching the games, you have adrenaline yourself as a viewer, just watching the excitement where, when Canada is coming in. And so we get the same thing as an athlete standing there. We, there's this anticipation and, and just pure joy. You know, as soon as you walk through the gates and you hear them, the announcers say, uh, Canada, and then, you know, you're walking. I was always in the front, both Olympics. I was right at the front of the, um, the pack because I'm the shortest and I'm female. So... <laughs> <laughs> shortest I'll leave it at that so they always went in height right so um and I think they tried to keep it within the disciplines as well but it always went from shorter to tallest and so it was a really cool experience to be one of the first to walk through and hear that announcement and then hear the hear the roar from the crowd because Canadian like loved everywhere as we just talked about so um yeah it's just like to me, that's a very uh, memorable moment and time at the Olympics. I mean, your skate, your performance is one thing, but the opening and closing ceremonies, especially Salt Lake for us, we were flag bearers in the, in the closing too. So that was, yeah. that was a huge win for us. Um, an incredible, another incredible honor because it was the Team Canada actually voted for us to carry the flag. So Yeah, that's amazing. It was, it was awesome watching it back then too. Yeah, it was it was very emotional. I just remember thinking, I can't believe I'm here and I've worked my whole life for this moment and I'm walking in representing our country. You know, you wear your flag sort of quietly and, and, and humbly on, your, on our backs when we're skating and performing and traveling. But here I am literally carrying it and representing everyone walking behind us. And it was just, uh, it was really special. So are you a Flames fan or does Craig got you can over onto the Oilers now? 
Well, I live in Edmonton. Oh, I thought, but you're so, from Calgary. I am from Calgary. So this is a tough one because I grew up in Red Deer and I grew up in a red house. And um, I moved to Edmonton to train. And of course, um, the Oilers were, were great for a long time and they're rebuilding now, as you know, and got some great things happening. Um, so I, I do cheer for the Oilers. Um, my my ex-husband and my, my partner, Dave, also yep. worked for them. So of course I'm cheering for them. But I always... Like in my heart, I'm always a Flames fan. Are people yeah. going to hate me for that? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. My husband, my husband giggles, and I'm like, well, you're allowed to giggle because you're an Oiler. So, yeah. You know, big rivalry. Yeah. Oh, Oilers have won the championships. It's time for the Canucks to win something. There Calgary. you go. There you go. Well, hopefully least, we can have playoffs, right? Yeah, I'm hoping so. At least Calgary's won one before. Yeah, do you have any favorite bloopers? Oh gosh, oh, I, I'm sure you, we could have a whole reel of them. Um, I know when I, think I, I remember one of them, 2002, I believe. No, it was the Russians. At I don't know if I'd call that a blooper. Oh my gosh, that was so traumatic. Um, I'm thinking. I mean, you could. You guys would think it's a blooper. I, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking more like something. I remember one time I was skating in an ice show, and it was live in Calgary. It was out, outside and we were supposed to skate off on one end and my part, my partner uh, was going to that end and I was arguing with him in the moment. No, it's the other side. It's the other side. And so he went to the right side and I went to the wrong side and took out the whole like um, backdrop, like the side of the backdrop. I took it all down. I fell right into it and so embarrassing. And the show was live. Yeah. I've had, I've had lots of bloopers, but we can talk about something else. You know, we can talk about my coaching now. Yes. <laughs> Working our way through the, the, the timeline here. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you were in Blades of Glory as a stunt double, right? Yeah, so we were touring with Stars on Ice, and we were four pair teams um, on tour, and so, or we were three, I can't remember now, oh my gosh. Um, and they, they wanted us for the, the show. They said, we need some pair teams to be like their competitors in the movie. And so we go, we had no idea where we were going. We show up at this arena. And we never got to meet any of the cast, unfortunately. That was like, we were sad about that. Um, but they said, well, what we need you guys to do is just get on the ice and start doing your elements and make mistakes. And we're going, make mistakes? Like, You're professional. You know how dangerous that is? Like, we don't yeah. make mistakes. I mean, we're not even happy when we make a mistake. So we're professionals, right? So that was really, really a weird way to begin um, this, this session with them. And so we learned how to figure it out, but then we found, as you saw in the movie, it's literally like three seconds of me rolling my eyes at my partner. Cause he just fell on a, we fell in an element and you can see the other pair teams that we toured with in the background as well. So yeah, it was, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to say you're part of a movie like that. I love Will Ferrell. So, um, I really, I'm just another cool little, uh, thing that I, we were a part of. And we still get royalties. <laughs> yeah, every, every time it's played on TV, right? Yep, and we, we actually bought it recently. This, uh, and Craig goes, oh, I guess we just contributed to that check that you just got. And I laughed. I said, yeah. Like, we, we did, um, you know, just to give you an idea, back when it, when it was first out, I mean, I think we were getting, oh, my gosh, probably let's just even average it out to, say, minimum 500 bucks a month from it. Minimum. I want to say 1000 and uh, which was good because I'm three seconds, three seconds yeah. in a movie, right? 
right? Imagine what the big guys are getting. So yeah. uh, today I still get checks every couple months or a few months. I think it's quarterly even for like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, just something. Okay, better than that's the next Um, Can you comment on the strength of uh, Joni Rochette in 2010? Oh my gosh. Ooh, that was heavy. Um, yeah, I was commentating in Vancouver at, at the games. And uh, so we got news right away about her mom passing. And um, I just remember thinking, how is she going to skate? And because uh, I know I didn't know. Well, and, and regardless of how close her and her mom were, she just had major loss. But I know how close I am with my mom. And I just thought, how do you get out there and practice and, and actually perform? But you know, I, I, I knew and I could see in her eyes that she was drawing from, from her mom. And she was just like, my mom would want me to do this. My mom would want me to, to see this out. And my mom believed in me. And my mom, I think she just really held on to that and was drawing from the strength that her mom would have given her if she was there. Because her mom was going to be there. And, um, and her coach was, oh, I just got goosebumps. Her coach was uh, incredibly supportive, obviously, and positive with her and just really, um, you know, and, and, and not tough love, but it was like, you, you can do this. And I think there was a lot of discussion around your mom would really want you to, right? And, you know, I've heard of even hockey players losing parents in, in, in big times and big uh, important uh, tournaments or even like in playoffs they've lost a dad or a mom and they're like my, my my dad or my mom would really want me to play and it's it's I mean I don't want to compare but um you've worked your whole life for this moment right so if you're if you could hear that voice of your parent going do it for me even right it was one of the best moments in Canadian history oh, I think I was I remember being in a restaurant bar because it was hard to be anywhere to get space to see anything and I just wanted to be somewhere and just watch her and I was just bawling because she was so prepared and she was so ready and she so deserved it beyond even what she had been through she worked her tail off that girl and um i loved her skating and i really wanted her to do well there so it was nice to see another canadian achieve their their greatness and their success yeah. so awesome we went really nuts downtown all of a sudden when she yeah. won the gold so yeah oh it was, it was crazy the whole city lit up and it was going crazy where you uh, what was it like being paired with uh, Theo Flary on Battle of Legs? <laughs> it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, a huge Theo Flurry fan. That, that's, my, that's my favorite person growing up as a kid. I'm the little tiny guy that wears number 14 and body yeah, checks. Yeah, we've been trying to get him on the show too. So. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was, a, it was an experience. Um, yeah, he, he was... He, he's, as you know, he's super competitive and he really wanted it badly. And, um, unfortunately it just, the years got better and the guys got better and better and better. And, um, we went as far as we could have, and, um, we did what we could and <laughs> we, he was not happy when we got voted out. That was for sure. But, um, yeah. Sorry. That's where you met Craig, right? On the battle of the no, meet Craig at battle Craig and I had known each other for years and um they initially called me and they said the first year they said um we have two guys uh that we could partner you with one is Lanny McDonald and one is Craig and so being a Flames fan I was like oh I want to skate with Lanny and then Lanny got injured and then um then I thought well because they did present it like well you can be competitive with Craig or you can be apple pie with Lanny <laughs> yeah 
right? And I went, well, oh, Flames fan, but I, I'm competitive. So when Laddie actually got injured, I, I mean, I was super d upset that he uh, he had hurt himself. He hurt his knee or something that summer. Um, but that because I knew Craig, I was like, okay, we got this. Here we go. So, yeah. Do you still skate? Uh, no, I do not skate. I retired, um, oh my gosh, eight years ago. And then um, Craig and I got married and we had another daughter. And my life has transformed since then. I've put my focus more into my coaching. I'm a, a motivational coach. I work with people on visioning and goal setting and, and uh, you know, finding, finding, what's the title of your show? I Only Touch Greatness. Yes, and that's what I am, am uh, doing with my clients is getting them to touch their personal greatness and to find their personal greatness. So I love what I do now because I've learned so much from sport that I can, I can now transfer into my coaching and, um, you know, and just being really vulnerable and relatable with my clients is really important. They love hearing my stories of success, but they also get to hear the, the struggles and, and how I overcame them. And so I think it's really powerful to be able to, um, take my passion. I had a passion as an athlete to be the, a champion there, but now I have a passion as a coach to be the best I can be in coaching. I love yes. it. We were going to ask you about this life coach and how, if you could explain some of your things that you've been doing and also your future plans. My future. So right now um, I do individual coaching and I'm, I'm doing some uh, executive coaching with, uh, I've partnered with a group in Calgary uh, called Envision Group International. So we've done quite a few workshops at, actually over this whole three month period, um, just helping um organizations with leadership uh we did we've done workshops on uh gender parity and equality um we've done i said leadership work uh visioning all kinds of different topics everybody needs different things right now teamwork uh we're doing one with uh next week with a group from in um hamilton in a college there um helping these young young uh college kids uh, get into going into business and helping them figure out how they can be great leaders in business. So that's so much fun for me because sport really relates to business. There's so many parallels. And um, that's why I feel like a lot of business people, it's funny because I've heard so many times how uh, successful business people will, will say, we always wanted to be athletes. And I'm like, so I look at them and as successful, like let's say even an engineer or a doctor or whatever. And I'm like, how did you do that? And they look at me and they're like, well, how did you do what you did? Right. So, um, there, there are a lot of parallels and everybody reaches success, their success with the same ingredients, right? We all have a vision. We have a passion for what we're doing. We decide for it and we overcome our fears. Those are the three main things that I talk about in my coaching. Uh, but I have two great programs that I take my clients through as well that are individual people that want coaching just to help elevate their life and find abundance in their life. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I just, I honestly, I'm so grateful that I can share my stories, uh, give them insight and courage and strength. Do you, uh, do you travel with the coaching? Um, well, I, I do speaking engagements. So yes, I have traveled. Um, obviously my, my talks have I've gotten different since I've become a coach. I implement that a little bit more too, but um, you know, I have, I did some speaking engagements last year um, and I had 
three or four actually through this period, the COVID period, and sadly they got canceled and rescheduled for next year. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And um, my coaching is just like, I'm quite busy and I love the workshops and I'm getting used to this computer thing and, and talking to looking at <laughs> you well with the workshops we're typically looking at like a powerpoints and I don't see all the people because sometimes there's 200 people on the call right so it's really weird not to see people I'm a people person but um what's so cool about all this is that I'm I'm learning different skills and you know because you're never you never stop growing right and uh, I think that's the most important thing. I always tell everybody, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, emotionally, spiritually, it's really important to always be growing. And, and what, what else can I learn? What else can, how can I be better? How can I be a better version of myself? That's, uh, I heard that saying a while ago, and I actually really like it. And, and not, not like literally dying, but just emotionally and spiritually, right? You think about, right? If you're not pushing yourself, you're just, you're living your life by, by default instead of design. When you create your life that you really want, and you have goals and you, you take action, watch out. That's where the magic happens. Definitely. That's kind of how we feel about our podcast. We, we knew what we wanted and we've done everything we can to get who we want on it. And we won't stop until people say, tell us to, right? Yeah. Well, and if they say no, you're, you know, you're not any further behind than when you were before you asked, right? You, you can't win the lotto. If you, you can't win the lotto if you don't have a ticket. Oh. Exactly. Good job, guys. Yeah, we just keep trying and keep pushing and pushing. Um, other than being a mom, what kind of hobbies do you do? Um, that's oh man, you got me. That's a good one. Hey, that's what we're here for to stump you. I know, because you know what? Um, I never really had hobbies like something that I like. A lot of uh, skaters I know knitted and like crocheted or something when they got off the ice. I never really had a hobby per se, but. I, like I love, um, like I love doing activities like skiing in the winter or even like in the summer. Um, I love surfing now, um, wake surfing, and I, I just like being active. I like working out, but a hobby. I don't really have a hobby. How bad is that? <laughs> I just don't. Um, I don't have one thing per se that I I do, and yeah. There's a CFL player that's friends of ours, and uh, he has a quote, how can they beat you if they can't outwork you? And it's Dante Marsh. And uh, since I've heard it, I feel like it's a great quote. Oh, that's a perfect quote. Um, because I think about even my whole career, and even now, it's like, uh, or even just go back to being a skater, and, and we always asked ourselves, we compared ourselves to the best in the world, not, not at the Canadian level. Um, and that wasn't to be offensive to our, our, um, the people that were training with us, but it was like, no, we want to be the best in the world. And then we always said, well, what are they doing? And we're going to do it 10 times harder or more. And Michael Jordan did the same thing. I mean, he, he, you know, you've you've watched that show and I mean, it was all about like what my competitors doing, I will do more and harder. Right. And, and that's what we did. And we knew we had to, because to beat those Russians, it was like super hard. Do you have a favorite sports quote? A favorite sports quote? Yeah. Oh, favorite? No, but God, you guys could have prepared me for this. I would have shown up with some good ones. Actually, you did tell me to send you the questions ahead of time, but I forgot. That's okay. 
No worries. Um, you know what? I just always, I mean, there's lots of really great quotes out there um, and I'm not good at remembering them. So I'm, I apologize, but mine, I always tell people is dream big. Why not? You have, yeah. you know, we're here, right? We might as well dream big. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite sport, sports movie or favorite movie of, in general? <laughs> Blades of Glory, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I've got... Uh, okay, favorite, like, TV show has been This Is Us. Um, okay, okay. Relatable. And even Modern Family. That was another good one for me. But movie... Oh, there's so many good movies, guys. How do you choose? I mean, I, I like I like comedy. I like laughing. And so anything Jim Carrey's in or Will Ferrell's in, like, I put them on 15 times. Like, I've watched Dumb and Dumber, oh, my gosh, like the original one probably 15 times. Like, I love yeah. it. It's just well, some silly humor, right? Um, and Harry Potter. Sorry. We just got into Harry Potter during COVID, and I have to say we're obsessed. Okay. Have you seen oh, them? Yeah. A lot of TV shows, a lot of movies to be watched during this COVID period. Oh my gosh. Mm. One thing we were, we were talking to Kelly Rudy about the whole COVID thing. And he was saying the way that people are starting to brand their own images or like, is like working out. Perhaps you can now do it over, over the zoom chat or we can have an interview with you and we don't have to be in person over zoom chats and people are adapting to the new world. That we got. Yeah. yeah. And, See, I, I enjoy some of it. Like, I, I, it's nice not to have to travel to go somewhere, but I do miss being in person with people. I, I, I really thrived on that. And even our brains do. Our brains are actually very social. And even an introvert, as much as they like being alone, um, this, has been, this has been hard on everybody. Um, it's really challenging for your brain because your brain's all about survival. And so when you're not social, that's why a lot of people, even without mental... Um, uh, struggles um, people have struggled in this like it doesn't matter what your your income is or what your status is like it doesn't matter like people have really struggled with this time and so the importance of really finding the good every day and, and I, I tell everybody right now the most important thing right now is waking up with gratitude as soon as you do that it puts you on a, a higher vibration and the rest of your day, you look at things very differently. And I know you guys are probably going, well, you're talking about vibration, but it's true. When you vibrate in a, when you vibrate, when you're, when you're talking or speaking about lack, which is like what we don't have and why we can't have it, that, that puts you in a very low state of mind. And so you're thinking for the whole day, as I call it, stinking thinking, right? Um, just shitty thoughts. And so if we can, if we wake up and we think about all the good we have in our lives, even though we're, we're in this challenging time, you focus on even like the simple things, like just the fact that you woke up today is a gift. Um, it, it makes you feel happier about the rest of your day and the things that you're going to do. I just does. And everybody, all my clients experience that. So um, yeah, I think it's really, really important always to find the good in things. There's no bad or good things that just happen are, are, are they just happen. And we charge it, we charge it bad or we charge it good. But if you see anything that happens as a, as a, as a, uh, a tool for learning something, uh, like a, learn, a lesson that you're going to yeah. learn from, then it ends up being a great experience in hindsight, right? You got to keep your ears open and take in as much knowledge as you can yeah. and apply the right ones on your yeah. path going forward. 
think about in in these times of challenge think about the opportunities of the potential that could come from this right so instead of sitting here going oh well we're locked we're in lockdown i'm just going to get eat chips and do nothing think about what can i do today to be a better version of myself even today like what's one thing i can do to find happiness right yeah hockey skates yeah i actually prefer them oh because my feet don't fit in my figure skates very well at all they not not a good thing those hockey <laughs> skates are wider they're fatter and my feet are much more comfortable yeah i figured you would be able to do that most people can can go that way but couldn't put a hockey skate person into the figure skate. Yeah, that's that's trickier. And I watched it for many years doing during Battle of the Blades. Like <laughs> the challenges, although those guys did really really well. But in the beginning, it's talk about bloopers. <laughs> yeah. okay, like, now on the on the figure skates. Oh, he was good. I mean, we were the first season, so they're really we didn't have a lot of expectation. We're just like, let's see how this works. And he did really well. I mean, if you go back to the videos of us skating together, he was super entertaining. He was very good. He had great, lots of charisma, and he had um, he was really into the music. And I mean, it was something that you don't normally see from a hockey player too. So he just had like he had this great um, presence on the ice. And the judges, like, I swear, he won. He didn't win because he was the strongest or the fastest. He won because he, he was a performer. And that's what everybody appreciated about him taking up figure skating with me was that, you know, he, he took our sport very seriously and he, he was a, a very good student of it. Like he really wanted to be the best he could be in that time, that short time. They, they only had like three months, really. Um, yeah, and he just, he improved a lot, but the guy, poor guy, I mean, you know, he had to retire from back injury, with a back injury, and so we're like, the second weekend, and his back starts to hurt really bad, and I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be so bad, like, we're not going to make it, and he just kept plugging away, and kept plugging away, I don't know how he did it, the last show, you guys, he was in Vancouver, for, I'll never forget this, doing Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday, and we competed on Sunday for the last show, he, he was like, rushing in between commentating and the game in, in Vancouver getting treatment because he could barely get out of bed like he could barely walk even and I'm thinking well we're not skating tomorrow like we're gonna have to withdraw because he's done so he flies back so he's sitting in an airplane for six hours or whatever how long it takes to get back to Toronto and he shows up at the rink with this big smile on his face he's like I'm ready to go and I've got the doctor there ready to shoot him up <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like give him a cortisone shot and like let's go because there's no way he's lifting me up like I'm gonna fall right we're gonna fall on our face nothing he gets on the ice he's like I'm fine I'm gonna do this I said you're superhuman like I don't even know anyone like you and I will tell you though afterwards of course he paid for it but like I don't know how he did it I don't like the strength the mental strength that he had which is actually incredible but I don't know about you guys have you ever had back pain oh I still do but it my head. There you go. It's extremely debilitating when you can't bend, you can't move. And I, I'm like, okay, but you're not just like, and this is no offense to a, a hockey player. Like you're not going out for a shift and passing the puck to your teammate. Like I go, you're lifting me over your head. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little different, <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. That's, that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. And, and it's like the whole time he's skating with me, he's not just like by himself stroking around the ice. Like he's, He's actually holding me, supporting me, lifting me, spinning me. Like I go, this is gonna like you make your this is gonna wreck your back so bad. But anyway, he got through it and and, and we won. That's awesome.
Yeah. Yeah. Who Who is that one person that you wish watched you skate? Anybody that I wanted to watch me? Yeah. I I I never really thought about that. And I, I mean, obviously, my mom, my family. Um, and I think it's funny. It's a funny question because I remember in um, I was I was actually made fun of a lot growing up in Red Deer, and uh, lot, lots of really not nice comments were made to me about my height, my haircuts. Um, how I walked. So I used to hide in like the library or the bathroom sometimes just because I didn't want to hear the comments. And um, so I remember when I went to Lillehammer Olympics, I remember thinking like, I wonder what they're thinking of me now. Yeah. And of course, after Salt Lake, it was like, I wonder what they think of me now. (laughs) Best way to get back at a bully. Well, and you know, it's, I have to say, I think a lot of them are really proud to say that they went to school with me. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I wish you well, you know, but uh, it was a tough time for me growing up uh, in Red Deer. And, um, you know, I, I have great feelings um, and memories about um, people who supported me that were my mom and dad's age and, and uh, a lot of other people around Red Deer. But what, going to school was not easy. Like, man, I, I don't miss those days. Um, lots of character building. I have to tell you, as hard as they were, I learned a lot about myself in those times, again, which I use now with my coaching. And helping people move through these, uh, it's not just about bullying, but even just about like um, tools to overcome adversity, right? So I, in hindsight, it's like I'm grateful for it, but it was painful as a kid, really painful. feel that. I was always the short guy, the bald guy, bald, bald at 15. Yeah, <laughs> my brother. It sucks getting picked on, but I like looking back at them now. I use that as fuel. It is, and it's it's powerful because you can say, um, you know, I overcame this, and it, it's like you said, it's the best way. It's payback, right? It's you don't have to be mean back. I think that's actually the worst thing to do. I think it's just you know just to be successful. Yeah. Um, is there a website that uh, we could shout out for you on uh, yeah. so people can get in on your coaching? Absolutely, I appreciate that. Thank you. So it's just jamiesoleil.com. Uh, you go to my website. And you can email me there if you want more information about my coaching programs, working with me. Of course, I'm on, oh my gosh, five social media pages. So I have a Twitter account, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and I've got the business and personal page of um, Facebook. So Okay, Okay, perfect. Well, I hope people reach out. Thank you. I appreciate that.